stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Hey, look, this is a story about Tony Clement being incredibly reckless and irresponsible. Right. And, and it's a, it, it, hopefully this isn't the kind of thing that, that's politicized or becomes partisan banter or anything like that. Look, and, and Tony Clement um, really needs to think about not just what he did to himself and his family, but also to his, his colleagues and his party. Obviously, he's put the, the leader, Andrew Sheer, in a really tough position. Uh, not just doing what he did, but then lying about it. So it was just uh, a short while ago here that um, Andrew Sheer, conservative leader Andrew Sheer, uh, speaking with reporters on the way into question period, said that this was not an isolated incident, despite the fact that Clement had claimed that it was. Says, quote, I've asked Tony to resign from caucus and he has done so. He was asked whether Clement would be allowed to run again for the party in the next election. Uh, Shear says, quote, right now in the short term, we're focusing on the fact that he's no longer a member of our caucus. But the writing would seem to be the wall and I'm not on the wall and I'm not sure how he comes back from this. Now, regarding his uh, committee responsibilities. I know we think of these commons committees as just really silly and mundane. Uh, but this is this is different. Uh, Tony Clement sits on the National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians, which was just recently created. In order to be on that committee, Clement had to obtain a top secret security clearance uh, that goes well beyond what most MPs receive. As part of that role... As Global News reports, he is authorized to obtain classified information related to investigations or studies the committee members undertake into national security and intelligent matters, the exact nature of which are not made public. Was Clement targeted because of his role on that committee? Well, we don't know at this point. And it sounds like it was a more of a straightforward cash extortion But you think about the responsibility he has, the top secret clearance that he has, and then you reflect on the idiocy of doing what he did. Yeah, it's it's really shameful and it's really disappointing. You know, there's a reason why these kinds of tactics are used in targeting people because they are effective. Was he targeted before for Andrew Scheer to come out and say this was not an isolated incident? Definitely concerning. As a colleague, uh, Mercedes Stevenson, tweeted today, honey traps are still used all the time because they work. And this highlights just how vulnerable these politicians can be. Joining us to talk more about the fallout from uh, these developments, uh, very pleased to welcome to the program Mercedes Stevenson, Ottawa Bureau Chief for Global News, host of the West Block. Mercedes, thanks for making some time for us here. Hey, Rob, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So the story has evolved. Uh, Tony Clement is now out of caucus altogether. Do we know any more about some of these new allegations that have surfaced? 
Uh, we know a little bit, but I actually just want to share with you, Rob, a little bit of breaking news that we have here uh, at Global. Since you are in Calgary, you have an Alberta audience. I know you're aware of a very large police presence that was in Edmonton last night uh, in Sherwood Park. I can tell you that Global News has exclusively learned that was a vehicle packed with explosives, uh, a material known as Tannerite. The person who the police believe is responsible is in custody, but we just learned this a couple minutes ago. So I wanted to start with sharing that with your your listeners uh, in case any of them have been keeping track of that story. Uh, I'm told that there's no national security threat at this point, but it was parked outside some local government offices. Uh, looping back to Ottawa now to change gears, in terms of those allegations, there was a number of young women on social media earlier today uh, saying that Tony Clement had liked their Instagram posts and what they thought was an excessive amount, would sometimes direct message them late at night. Um, the one young woman was the chair of a youth caucus in the Tories who said that she'd received direct messages from him about the Rob Ford story when that was all unfolding at one in the morning and she found that very odd uh today all that andrew Shear would say is that there have been additional allegations um that made him believe that tony clement was not honest when he said these sexually explicit photos and video were a one-off occasion um he wouldn't say whether or not the party will investigate but he did mention the house of commons investigating and rob that suggests that at least some of the people who have made the complaints or one of them must work somewhere on parliament hill Wow. Uh, so, yeah, th- this this has, has turned into a bigger story. But getting back to this uh, extortion attempt, and, and I guess in that context, uh, Tony Clement is a victim here. What, what do we know about the RCMP investigation at this point? Not very much. The RCMP typically won't even confirm an investigation. So the fact they've told us this is happening is highly, highly unusual. Uh, They did confirm to me last night that, yes, they are investigating uh, and that they had received this information from the complainant. It's not unusual for the RCMP to get involved in something like this because whenever you're talking about a member of parliament, especially somebody who sits on the National Security and Intelligence Oversight Committee, who has a national security clearance to be able to see material, they have to immediately start to investigate, you know, one, the extortion side of it, which could have criminal implications, but two, they have to start to worry, is there a national security component here. Um, Who is behind this? Is this a Russian honey trap, as they call it? Is it the Chinese? Is it the Saudis? Is this just some cyber criminal? Uh, And the fact that they're demanding 50,000 euros is very interesting. It makes you wonder where they might be located. Um, So certainly the RCMP are going to be looking at not only that extortion angle, but also the national security angle of this. Uh, and, and it should be noted, uh, Tony Clement, uh, because of his uh, committee work, he has uh, a high-level security clearance. He does, and he's part of this brand-new committee that was set up to provide security oversight to Canada's national security agencies. Uh, this is something we didn't have for a long time, but our allies did. And the argument was, look, if the Americans can have a national security committee that looks into these things, a democratic oversight and accountability, we should have it to here as well with, with elected officials. The argument against it was always, mm, you know, it's partisan politics. What if somebody leaks for political gain? What if these people don't really understand the seriousness of the information they're looking at? What if they're susceptible to being blackmailed right. and do something and find themselves in the situation. So it's unfortunate for this committee that this is happening now because it's going to raise questions about uh, whether or not people are vulnerable. It will raise questions about what kind of training they got on to be careful. Of course, you can be trained to the nth degree and still make a stupid decision. Um, But this is 
certainly a committee that was set up for more accountability of things like CSIS, RCMP National Security Investigations, uh, and CSE, which does our signals intelligence, because it was just the minister and sort of these very quiet uh, oversight bodies, and no one really knew the people on them. So the thought was, we should really have elected officials doing this kind of oversight, but the concern was always that you might have people who aren't taking it seriously. Right, and, and it sort of gets back to that criticism initially that maybe this isn't something that we can trust MPs with. Uh, there's perhaps a, an argument to be made for having some civilian oversight uh, in, in involving politicians in these kinds of uh, decisions and reviewing this important information, but uh, it, it, it sort of exposes that vulnerability, doesn't it? It, it does, and, you know, it's, that said, there are plenty of countries who do this and don't seem to have a problem uh, with information being leaked or people being compromised. So there's certainly elected officials in other countries that do it, but it raises the question of, you know, are, Canadians tend to not think they'll ever be targets. Uh, and something the military had to work on when the troops were deploying to Latvia. They said, look, if you're in a bar, uh, a very attractive man or woman comes up to you and they're very interested in you, don't assume they're interested in you. It could be a Russian agent. And what happens is they will either seduce you and try to take your phone and copy everything that's on it um, or gain access to it or make allegations that you were inappropriate somehow afterwards and there was a sexual assault. All of these are very common information operations by the Russian and espionage operations. Um, but we don't tend to think of it because we're Canadians that we're targeted. But we are. And remember a few years ago, Bob Deckert, uh, another conservative MP, got into a situation where he was in a relationship with a Chinese woman. Um, he as well had access to some sensitive documents. And it turned out that she was believed to be an agent of the Chinese government. Uh, destroyed his career. She got sent back to China. So not the first time we've had this kind of a question. Of course, in Tony Clement's case, we have no idea who's actually behind this account, who he was sending the photos to. And there's still the issue of these allegations now that he sent the photos to other people who were not extortionists. Could he himself be in, in any legal trouble? Well, I don't know. I mean, he says he thought this was a consenting female. The question will be about these other people who have come forward and alleged that they were uncomfortable. And, and we don't know, you know, is it only the Instagram likes? Is it only direct messages? Were there photos? Were there other things involved? Uh, and we don't have a sense of that yet uh, because it's still very early. But it's certainly something people are asking questions about, trying to get a sense of what were these allegations about the alleged additional inappropriate behavior? Is what we've seen out there on Twitter so far, uh, or are there more that are coming forward inside the caucus? All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on this story. Mercedes, thank you so much for the update here. Appreciate this. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right. Mercedes Stevenson, Ottawa Bureau Chief for Global News, host of the West Block. So full details on these stories uh, as they are unfolding, globalnews.ca. So as she mentioned at the outset, uh, the situation in Sherwood Park, there was a large police presence overnight at what was being described as an incident at the library. But the library is part of the Strathcona County Civic Offices. Strathcona County is, is essentially Sherwood Park, uh, this community just on, on the east side of Edmonton. So Global News has learned that a vehicle packed with what police sources call a large and significant amount of explosives is what resulted in the huge police presence in Sherwood Park last night. Global News has also learned police believe the car was packed with tannerite, an explosive material widely available in Canada. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.